Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. Welcome to City Hope Church. Uh, today's a little bit crazy day, uh, but, uh, but today's been an awesome celebration. Let me say this. If you're here for the first time, one of your first times, and we haven't got to meet you yet, uh, I would love the opportunity to meet you. We have a team out front at the White Tent. Uh, we have a gift for you. We would love to uh, share with you there. Uh, this, this month, we're talking about all the different uh, mission organizations that we uh, uh, partner with and serve with. And the video today, uh, maybe we'll try to throw it up online or something this week, is OpFob. And OpFob is a, um, just an organization that cares and loves and, and just creates spaces for veterans, uh, first responders, and those types of folks. Many of our church family is a part of this, and we've been proud to partner with them for, for two years now. And uh, I, I pray that, that um, God would just raise up some more of our church just to partner with them and, and see all that the Lord's doing out there and get involved in that. So uh, we'll, we'll get that video out to you this week if you're not familiar with OpFob. We're in week two of this series called Yes, You. Yes, You. And um, this series is all about giving you confidence and answering God's call on your life. Now, because of today, uh, 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 all the things that we had going on outside, uh, we're probably not going to be able to get through the whole sermons. But let me tell you this. You can go online to our podcast and you can be able to listen to the whole thing. We did it in the first service. And so you'll be able to, to anything that I don't get to, uh, we'll be able to uh, catch up with that on our podcast. So let me encourage you to jump on there. But the whole premise of this series is to just to give you courage, just to give you a push to say, yes, I can make a difference. No matter what it is that God's calling me to, I can trust him. I can step out on faith. Yes, I can do it. And so um, if you're like me and you start hearing things like that, you may think, well, I don't know, man. Maybe that's for other people. Maybe that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not really that, that kind of person. Well, I want to start from the beginning and I want to give you this because I think it's so important. God specializes in using unlikely people. God specializes in using unlikely people. All throughout scripture, you can read of men and women being used. And you and I today would look at these men and women sideways. We'd be like, them? You're going you're gonna to use them, God? And all throughout the Bible, we see God using men and women who are very unlikely and so today we're going to look at one of those men, and his name is Jonah. Now, I know when most of you hear the word Jonah, you think Jonah and the whale, right? And that's a story probably most of us have grown up hearing. But there's a lot to Jonah's life that we can learn, and I believe what it means to answer the call of God's, uh, answer God's calling on our life. So if you have your Bibles, go to Jonah chapter 1. As you're turning there, if you don't have it, it's okay. It'll be up here on the screen. Well, maybe. No, it won't be on the screen. Um, so you just have to listen along. But... Jonah is one of 12 books called the Minor Prophets. In the Bible, we have these 12 books labeled the Minor Prophets. And throughout this book, we see glimpses of God's grace. We see glimpses of God's love for his people. Now, I, I, I've been studying the Bible for a long time, and I just learned this week that many scholars called Jonah the wrong way prophet. That's kind of his nickname with scholars, the wrong way prophet. Reminded me of that movie. I don't remember what movie it is. There was a guy named Can't Get Right. You know, anybody remember that? His name was Can't Get Right because he never could get anything right. And probably some of you in here, maybe this morning, you can already relate with Jonah. You have in your mind, man, I just, 
I'm just wrong way Will. I'm wrong way Wanda. I get these things wrong. I make bad decisions. I, I, my, my life is marked by, by, you know, just unfortunate things. And I doubt that God can really use someone like me. Maybe that's where you're at today. But I pray that you'll be encouraged, that you'll be strengthened to do exactly what God's calling you to do in your life. All right, and so, so stand with me and honor the reading of God's word. I'm gonna read through these first few verses here in Jonah chapter one and, and just listen along and, and allow the word of God to speak to your heart. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their evil has come up before me. Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. He paid the ferry, went down to it to get them to Tarshish, to get with them, to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Verse four. But the Lord threw a great wind into the sea. Such a great storm arose so that the sea, the ship was threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid. Each cried out to God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel, stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. Thanks, bud. Appreciate that. The captain approached him and said, what are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and, won't per- and we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other. Let's cast lots, cast lots. Then we'll know who is to blame for this trouble we're in. So they cast lots and the lot singled out Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us who's to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business? Where are you from? What is your country? What people are you from? He answered them in verse nine, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. Verse 10, then the men were seized by great fear and said to him, what is it that you've done? These men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he told them. So they said to them, what should we do to you so that the sea will calm down for us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. He answered them, pick up, pick me up, throw me into the sea and it will calm down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this great storm that is against you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. Verse 14, so they called out to the Lord. Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life. Don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. Then they picked up Jonah. They threw him into the sea and the sea stopped raging. The men were seized by great fear of the Lord. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Verse 17, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Would you pray with me? Father, I just ask your blessing on the reading of your word. Speak directly into our hearts. You know the situation that we're in. You know our hearts this morning. God, encourage us, grow us, change us today, Lord. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. A couple things I think we can learn from the life of Jonah. I'm going to go through these quick. Hopefully they'll be here on the screen. You can take a picture, write it down. But number one, look at the very first verse. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. The Lord spoke to Jonah. All throughout scripture, we see God speaking to people. And sometimes in our world today, in 2023, we, we maybe doubt or we say, does, does God still speak to people? Well, we see through his word that God speaks in several different ways. One, he speaks through his word, right? That's a, that's a place that God uses. God uses prayer to speak to us. God uses uh, circumstances to, pre- to, to, to speak to us. Holy Spirit uh, uh, speaks to us. Uh, the church speaks to us. Knowing God's voice comes from an intimate relationship with him. 
Knowing that it's God talking is, is because I spend time with him and I know his voice. Now, let's be honest. We live in a very loud world, right? We live in a world that has a lot of voices. And, and if you're, if you're uh, you know, parent with, with kids or, or grandparent, I mean, just think about I got work going on and everything that's going on there. And if I have any employees and I got to run them and then my kids, they all got games and soccer and practice and all this and school. And then my spouse, I got to hear that voice. And, and, and I'm just hearing all these voices. And so often, so often we have to make sure that we're intentional on hearing the voice of God because we live in such a loud world. And maybe the reason this morning, if you're sitting here and you're like, man, I, I don't know, I haven't heard from God. I don't really hear the voice of God. Maybe you're not hearing from the voice of God because all the other voices are too loud. And God's calling you to say, hey, it's time for you to quiet out some of these voices. It's time for you to eliminate some of these voices. Why? So you can hear what I'm saying. And so right away, we see Jonah had this relationship with the Lord. He heard from the Lord. The Lord spoke to him. But look what happens next. Jonah was asked to do something from the Lord. He says, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preached against it because the evil has come up before me. God, he spoke to Jonah, but he asked him to do something really difficult. He says, go preach to your enemies. Those guys that don't like you, those guys that aren't living for the Lord, I want you to go preach them. And, and listen to me, church, sometimes God asks us to do hard things. Sometimes he asks us to do things that are not popular, that are not comfortable, that are not what we would really like to do. How many of you in here would, ever, would say God's asked you to do something hard before in your life? Anybody? Se several of us. God asks us to do hard things. And I want you to understand this, the reality of following Christ. And again, this isn't always popular. Our difficulties are more about God and what he wants to accomplish for himself than it is about us. Let, let me say that again. Our difficulties, the tough things that we go through are more about God and what he wants to accomplish than they are about us. I think there's three things real quick that we can learn from hard things in our life. Why does God make hard things in our life? Number one, to shape you, to shape you, your integrity, your character, your love, your grace, your mercy, your, your, your forgiveness. He shapes us when we go through hard things. Number two, to build a deeper walk with him. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Jonah, go preach to your enemies. What? How in the world is that going to happen? God, I need you. And so our, our, our difficulty should build us a deeper walk with him. Third, to know it was him, to know it was him. There's no way this could be me. There's no way I could have made this happen, right? And so we know through difficult things, it was God. But understand this, your calling is not for your glory, it's for his. Your calling is not for his glory, not for your glory, it's for his. Jonah didn't understand that. Jonah thought, oh, well, he called me to do something, but I don't want to do it. Jonah didn't realize it wasn't about him. It was about God getting glory for this. And if it was only uh, uh, easy things that God asked for us, everyone would do it, right? Everybody would be on that train. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So he asked Jonah to do something hard. And look at Jonah's response in verse 3. The Bible says, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. This is too much, Lord. I can't do this. There's no way I can do it. I can't see how this ends well. I just can't understand why you would ask me to do that. There's no way that I can do that. So I'm going to run away, God. So here's a question for you today. What are you running away from that you should be running to? In your walk with the Lord and in your journey with Christ, maybe it's, it's, it's fresh and you're at the start line. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. What is it that you're running away from that God is calling you to run to? 
Disobedience will always leave God's presence behind. When we're disobedient, when we don't say no, maybe for some of you in here today, you don't feel like you're, 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 you're connecting with the Lord. You don't feel God in your life. Could it be that you're running in the wrong direction? Could it be that, that you don't sense God working and you're not really feeling anything in your life? It, could it be that you're not answering the call that he's given you? That I'm running in the wrong direction. But, but I want you to see this. Jonah, it says he got up and he, he went, he got up to flee to Tarshish, to Joppa. And listen to what it says. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. Understand this. There's always going to be a group headed in the wrong direction. There's always going to be a group headed in the wrong direction. Jonah knew where he was supposed to go, but he found the group that was going where he wanted to go. You and I can find that. We're always going to find people to agree with us. We're always going to have people disagree with us. You're always going to be able to find more people in the disobedient category than you are the obedient category. There's always going to be more people. Uh, uh, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7. Remember this whole verse for some of you? Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. So, so, so there are many people headed in the wrong direction, the Bible says. That's the wide road. That's the road that most people that we're going to come in contact, that's where they're going to be. And then he says, I need you to understand this, how narrow is the gate and difficult and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. So Jonah, he was, he was fleeing from God and he found the ship that was going to Tarshish. He found the ship that was headed in the wrong direction. You know, I did some study on this and this absolutely blows my mind. God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh. From where Jonah was, Nineveh was 500 miles. You know how far Tarshish was? 2,500 miles away. Jonah had to work harder to be disobedient than he would have to be obedient to God. Now, how many of us, that, that, that sums up our life? You know, I, you know, I said this one little lie, and, and I got to keep building on that lie, because if I don't, then they're going to know that I said that was wrong, and, and it ends up being harder to be disobedient than it was if I just told the truth. How many of us, like, I know God's telling me to, to stop holding on to that grudge and to give forgiveness, and, and, but I'm just going to keep holding on. It's harder to be disobedient. I, I thought about it like this is just the way my mind thinks. I'm kind of a practical thinker. It's a lot easier for me to walk by a bank than to plan to rob the bank, <laughs> right? It's a lot easier. And sometimes we got to work harder to disobey God than to obey him. And so Jonah, he's not giving a great response to what God's calling him to do. He's like, man, I, I don't want to do this. He found the people that are going in the wrong direction and then look at, verse, uh, look at verse three again, the end of verse three. He found the ship, went down to Joppa, found a ship, and then it says this. He paid the fare. He paid the fare. Sin is always gonna have consequences. And when you run from God, it's gonna cost you something. Let me say that again. When you run from God, the Bible says Jonah paid the fare. When you and I run from the Lord and the calling that he's put on our life, it's going to cost us something. But not only is it going to cost us something, look at the next verse. So he's in the boat. He paid the fare. He's in there. The Bible says he, he goes into the boat. But the Lord threw a great windstorm into the sea. Such a great storm arose on the sea that the, th that the ship threatened to break apart. And the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. 
Your sin not only affects you, but your disobedience always affects more than just you. When I say no to something that God has put on my heart in my life, it's going to affect more than just me. And this is a really, really big deal. Jonah's sin brought struggle to people he didn't even know. Jonah's disobedience, they didn't realize that the storm came because of him, but his disobedience caused struggle in other people's lives. Now hear me today. When you and I run from the Lord, when we don't obey, there's consequences and innocent people can get hurt. Your family, your kids, your wife, your spouse, your grand, whatever it is, people you don't even know can get hurt because you're disobedience. Why? Because sin always has consequences. Sin always has consequences. Think about it like this. You can't go out to the farm today and plant corn and expect apples to come up, Right? I can't in my life to to be sowing what I reap. I reap what I sow, right? I can't sow sin, even private sin. I can't sow sin into my life, but expect uh, uh, obedience and blessings and, and the joy of the Lord in my life. I can't sow sin and expect great things to reap this beautiful harvest. And so sin will always have consequences and it always affects more than just you. So here's Jonah, he's on the boat, the storm comes, everybody's mad, everybody doesn't know, they're all scared. And look at verse five, the Bible says, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel, stretched out, and had fallen into a deep sleep. He's like, you guys are on your own with all this. Now today, some of you in here, you've had a call on your life from God. God's called you to do, invite, your, invite this person. Teach this thing. Do, do, go take this step. Forgive this person. Serve in this area. You have a calling on your life, but instead, you're like Jonah. You're just spiritually asleep. I don't know. Some of you today sit here and you're, you're sleeping on God's promises. And, 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 and here, here's, the, here's the scary part. What did God use to wake Jonah up? He used a storm in his life. God may use a storm to wake you up. Now, don't hear me saying that all storms in your life are your fault. That's not what I'm saying, all right? That's not what I'm saying. Not every problem, not every storm is your fault, but could that be the case for you today? Because as church people, what do we like to do? We like to blame the devil on everything, right? Oh, that was the enemy, and the devil made me do it, and the enemy. And the reason why we do that, yes, we have an enemy. Yes, we have a, a roaring lion that doesn't want us to succeed. But the reason we do that, because if I put it on the enemy, then I don't have to blame myself, right? And, 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 and it, could it be the case that the reason there's storms in your life right now today is because God's trying to get you to see it's not the enemy. It's me. The reality is, for many people, the enemy doesn't have to get after you. The enemy doesn't have to bring anything in your life because he knows that you aren't obeying the call. Like Jonah. Jonah was being disobedient, so the enemy really didn't have to do much because Jonah was being disobedient on his own. And he kept him right there where he was. So the storm comes. Jonah wakes up. The people find out that that Jonah's the reason for all of this. And then look at verse 12. I think this is important. And... uh, what time is it? We got a couple more minutes. Verse 12. He answered. They, they say, what's going on? Why are you here? How do, we get, how do we get this storm to stop? Listen to what Jonah says. He answered them. Pick me up. Throw me into the sea so it will calm down for you. 
for I know that I'm to blame for this great storm that is against you. He said, I know that I'm to blame. Sometimes that's the hardest step. Sometimes that's the hardest step. Being real and saying, you know what? It's not them. It's not you. It's not what happened. It's not the victim. I'm going to stop. Jonah says, it's my fault. I'm, I'm the one to blame. And maybe for, for somebody, that's, that's your step, right? Jonah, Jonah called, or, or God called Jonah to go preach. Maybe that's not your calling. Maybe your calling today is just to say, you know what? I gotta, I gotta start taking some blame. I gotta start, I gotta start manning up and say, no, 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 no. It's not your fault. It's me. And I gotta get, I gotta get things right. And, and you know what I love about this story? There, there's so much good out of this story. Verse 14 and 15, after they figure out it was Jonah, they didn't immediately throw him off the boat. You know what they immediately started doing? They started praying. The fishermen had more faith than Jonah did. The fishermen on the boat, they were like, whoa, 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 what? And, and so they started praying. The Bible says they were filled with fear. And they, and they said, Lord, don't let us perish. And, and, and don't charge us with his blood. And then verse, end of, uh, verse 15, it says, they picked up Jonah. They threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Let me talk to the students in this room for a minute. Grown folks, y'all can listen, but let me talk to the students, okay? Young people, these men had someone on their boat that they had to throw off. Let me ask you this question. Who's on your boat that you need to throw off? Who's, who's on that? You know, our, our boat today in 2023 is more like our phone, right? Who's in my phone that, that because they're in my phone, I'm not being obedient to Christ and it's somebody I need to delete? Who's on my, who's on my snap? Who's on my, who's, who, who's on my social media that, that I might need to kick off my boat because, because God's not blessing me? So they throw him off the boat. Jonah, the disobedient one, ends up in a great fish, the Bible says. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. The reason why God had Jonah be swallowed by a fish is because there was a raging storm. So the fish is what saved Jonah's life. Now, notice this. Jonah uh, was saved by God, but the the accommodations probably weren't real good, right? (laughs) The lodging probably wasn't the best. God saved Jonah. And sometimes God puts you in a dark place so that you can remember what disobedience looks like. Sometimes uh, 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 we get in these places of, of, all right, God has to remind me of what he's called me to do and to take the steps. And sometimes that might be a dark place. So how does this change? Let me close with this. How does this change? How do I grow? How do I, how do I say yes? How do I uh, uh, get out of that victim mentality? How do I take the blame? What do, what do I need to do? Well, in chapter two, we don't have time to go through it. In chapter two, Jonah is literally in the fish and he's praying. And his prayers are really kind of, um, woe is me. Yeah, God, you did this. And all this bad stuff happened to me. But then there's a little shift at the end of chapter two. In verse nine, Jonah says this. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So he was complaining and he was struggling. And then all of a sudden his, his voice is filled with gratitude. He said, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. And he begins to give gratitude towards God. And then look at the very next verse. Verse 10, the Bible says, Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah out onto the dry land. Here it is, church. When Jonah got grateful, he got out. 
When Jonah got grateful, he got out. There's freedom from the bondage. There's freedom from the dark places. When we obey God, when we give God praise and we give God glory and and we, we live with a grateful heart, when we obey his calling, that's when freedom comes our way. Some of you today, you've been sitting in here, you've been searching for freedom for a long time. You've been in a storm and you're ready for it to end. You know what I love the most about this story? If you keep reading in in chapter three, guess what happens? Jonah went and did the very thing that God asked him to do in, in, in chapter one, verse one. Jonah went and he preached to the people at Nineveh. Guess what happened? God used him. And people started coming and turning their lives over and and evil started to die and the Lord started to win. And God showed up and did miracles. You know what that shows me? Let's go back a little bit for, for some of you that are over 40. That old saying, obedience is always the best policy. Obedience is always the best policy. God had a job for Jonah to do and he said no. And he responded as he ran away. So my question that I want to challenge you with this week as you go home, as we go our separate ways, how is God calling me to get involved in what he's doing? How, God, are you calling me to get involved in what you're doing? Now notice, this isn't some passive sit down in church on Sunday and hear something sweet. No, this is an active relationship with Jesus. God, how are you calling me to get involved with what you're doing outside the church, inside the church, inside my home, inside my workplace? God, how are you calling me to get involved? Maybe God has an uncomfortable call on your life right now and you're like Jonah and you can't see how that's a good idea. But I wanna leave you with this. Believe this with all of my heart. When we are on mission, God's grace is sufficient. When we are on mission, God's grace is sufficient. Would you pray with me this morning? With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I just want to ask you a couple questions just for you to kind of think about there in your heart. Are you on mission for the Lord right now? What's your mission? It's not just to exist and pack lunches and pick up kids and go to schedules and and go to doctors. It's not. God has a mission for your life. We started out with God speaking to Jonah. What's God speaking to you? Maybe you haven't heard God's voice in a while. What are the voices God's telling you to drown out, to eliminate, so you can hear from him? Maybe you're here today and, and you're, you're just so relating to Jonah. You're in a dark place. You're struggling. Can I encourage you today? Start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. Get your heart right with the Lord. Take some acceptance. Take some accountability as Jonah had to do. Are there some people you need to throw off your boat? Whatever it is. Let me just... Let me just put this inside of you today. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you can make a difference. Yes, you can. Students, yes, you can. Parents, yes, you can. If God calls you to it, you can do it.
Father, I pray right now that as we go our separate ways here in just a moment, you would continue to speak to our hearts. Thank you for stories of men like Jonah where we can see where disobedience leads. We can see also your love and your grace and your forgiveness. Lord, we see your power. And Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room would be able to lay our head down on the pillow tonight and say, yes, my answer to you, Lord, is yes. Whatever it is you're calling me to do, it may seem tough, it may be uncomfortable, but my answer is yes, Lord. Help us all to put our yes on the table. And God, lead us and guide us and wherever you're working, show us how we can be involved. Show us what you want us to do. God, let us not be a church full of people who just sit and, and consume, but God, we participate and we're about action and we're about moving and we're about seeing you do great things. God, we love you. And I'm so thankful for every person here, for those that are here for the first time, for those that have been here with, for us, with us for a while. God, I pray your blessing on them as we go our separate ways. Use today to, as a catalyst to push us closer to you. It's in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm gonna invite our ushers to come now as we uh, have an opportunity to give and our tithes and offerings. And um, just, just two quick things. One, as I mentioned, all these partners that we highlight each week, um, are, these partners, we're able to partner with them financially through your gifts. And so you're not giving to City Hope, you're giving through City Hope to organizations like this. And we're going to see some more next week in the next couple of weeks. And so we're just so thankful for, for so many of you being obedient to that. And then uh, the last thing, the, the finance team told me I had to do this or I'd be in trouble. Um, Year-end giving has to be in by the 31st, all right? So if you're praying about some year-end giving tax stuff, I don't know how all that works. They know how to do all that. They just said, have that in, postmark by the 31st. So let me pray for our time of offering. Lord, we love you. Thankful for all you do for us. And Lord, I pray that each of us in here would, um, man, we would just view everything we get. The breath in our lungs, the, the, the time with our, our family, the finance, all of it, Lord, it's yours. And God, I pray that we would take advantage of it, use it for your glory, use it for your honor. Help us to say yes to you in this area along with all the others. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.